What does Kamala Harris listen to? What were you what listening to when you was high? <laughs> what was on? What song was Oh Snoop? my goodness. Oh yeah, definitely Snoop. Uh-huh. Uh Tupac. Tupac. For sure. You no, know, if if I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the I mean just like throwing food around. Where they're telling me there's no food in there. You know what I'm saying? Every day. I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song was going to change the we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little food, we're breaking out the door. And after a year, and you're just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want anymore. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, it's civil rights movement. We was asking, you know. Now, now those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now, what do you think we're going to do? Ask. So once you have the right order of operations, you have the right integrity, it's time to start talking about economics. And it's time to start talking about group economics. Because that's what they won't tell you. (laughs) They won't tell you that if you were to put your money together, if you were to actually put your money together, we would be a top 10 nation. Black Americans put their money together and actually put it towards a common goal. Oh, we could double and triple the money. And we could own this world. But they won't tell you that. They create their own reality and pray and hope that you play along in their made-up world. They make up companies every day. They make up media. They make up narratives. And we've been sitting back, letting them do it, letting them create the reality while we work. But slowly, there's been a a, a turn of events. And now, all of a sudden, we're starting to catch on. With catching on means sitting down and studying this thing so you do it the right way. So, I present to you Group Economics. How can Blacks play the game of economics as a team when most Blacks don't want to participate? Uh, that's, that, that should be a, a difficult question to answer. First of all, Black folks have to understand what racism and economics is. See, racism is a team sport. The rule is that either you play as a team or you lose. But more importantly, economics. Again, racism is also economics-based. It has nothing to do with just getting along with people and being happy. But on the other side, blacks don't have to be have every black participate with them. Get as many as you need, as you can get your hands on, and start practicing group economics. And see, it because see, economic power, economic prosperity flows from the group. It doesn't make any difference how well one black does or what, in terms of acquiring wealth and money. 
is not what one individual has it on, it's what the group owns and controls. See, what makes Jews very powerful in this country and around the world is not what one Jew owns or what one Jew controls, is what they own and control as a group. Black folk have to understand that they must control as much as possible as a group if they're going to play in the game. Now, as you, as you question, there are a lot of blacks who want to play in a, in a, in a race-based, team-based sport as an individual. But if you don't play as a team, you're going to lose by default. That's like my going out on a football team, facing another team that's got 11 members on team, and I'm up there by myself trying to play, play against them on a football field, one man against a whole team. You'll never win. You're going to lose. And black folk must understand those two things, what racism is. Racism is a team sport, and racism is about acquiring economic wealth and power. So, my friends, now we must decide what groups are we going to invest with? Where is the black dollar going to go? When you wake up each day, where will your dollars be sent? Because every day you cast your vote on where your power is going to go. How much of your dollars are produced, distributed, and given to other black businesses? We could run this entire country. But will you work with me? Will you work with groups? Will you work with putting your dollars in play? Will we form a collective? Will we form the right group of people to not only raise the funds, than to redirect them towards future thinking. Because that, my friends, is the ultimate goal of group economics. But before you have group economics, you have to be able to build for yourself. You have to be able to start your own businesses and have your own empire. I make my decisions on the basis of my moral commitment, and I take my ministry very seriously. I would not say that the civil rights movement is dead. It's simply that we are moving to a new phase of the movement. Uh, well now 12 years we struggle to end legal segregation and all of the humiliation surrounding legal segregation so it was a struggle for decency it was a struggle to get rid of extremist behavior toward negroes now we are in a new phase and that is a phase where we are seeking genuine equality where we are dealing with hard economic and social issues 
And it means that the job is much more difficult, it's much easier to integrate a lunch counter than it is to guarantee an annual income. It's much easier to integrate a bus than it is to get a program that will force the government to put billions of dollars into ending slums. That it's a wonderful thing to work and be concerned about integrating public accommodations or integrating the public school, which are schools, which I will continue to work for with uh, vigor and with zeal. But I've also got to be concerned about the survival of a world in which to be integrated. And these issues to me are tied together in that sense. The desegregation decisions and other type of legislation and Supreme Court decisions depends upon changing the white man's mind. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches uh, us that our own mind has to be changed. We have to change our uh, mind about ourselves. In what way? Well, so he uh, teaches us the importance of moral reformation, uh, a knowledge of self. And, uh, for instance, the average so-called Negro, he doesn't think that he can uh, go into business and provide jobs for himself. And because of this, he thinks that he can only get a job from the white man, or he can only get clothes from the white man, or he can only get food from the white man. And we who follow the Honorable Elijah Muhammad are taught that uh, the same thing that the white man has done for himself and his kind, uh, if our people could uh, be wrecked, uh, if they could, if we could be cured of our slave mentality that was uh, indoctrinated into us during slavery, we would realize that just as the white man can do these things for himself and his kind, we can get together in unity and harmony and do the same thing for ourselves and our kind. The game. It's all about building your own and then taking care of the people around you so we can all prosper. I want you all to circulate your dollars with one another. So as I'm creating a place for you to circulate your money, will you sign up for our emails? Will you sign up to invest with us? Will you sign up for consulting? What are you doing to position yourself for the black dollar? Position yourself to take your black dollar and to build it up. What if we can show you the different investing groups throughout our culture? What if we could connect you with the different investment groups throughout our culture? And we could start investing in the greatest of all of them, not just one. See, most people are trying to figure out how to invest or build their own group. My job is to find all the groups and make sure everybody's playing ball the right way. They would call me the commissioner. So the commissioner is here to make sure everything goes according to the way black culture is supposed to go. And I'll be watching it all. I'll be making sure these group economics make sure things are running smoothly and and they're going the way they're supposed to and I'll be investing in each one of you. And as I'm looking and as I'm investing Do what you're supposed to do with that black dollar. 
I call for all of you who are sitting at this table of group economics. All of you who are already at the table of group economics. It's time that we start to communicate with one another. And we're going to do it right here on Black Equity. My people, my listeners, are going to invest in several different group economic-centered areas. And our listeners will be watching to make sure our black dollars are growing correctly and being dispersed correctly. And it's time that we have a black agenda and a black plan. It's time that we put it all together in our minds of how we circulate the black dollar. And that's the responsibility that I have no issue overseeing. Because obviously, what y'all been doing with the black dollar is you've been hoarding it. been so busy playing the money game you you lost the integrity so all you are all you have is your money and that's a sad life because there's more to this game than than money my friends it's being able to have dignity honor and respect for a group of people who are destined to be the rulers of this world. We are destined and we are the rulers of this world, the overseers of this world. And going forward, there will be no more shutting us out. Uh, an executive told me one time, he said, Oscar, the reason that the black filmmakers are having so much trouble is because we whites got to protect our jobs and our families, etc." He said, look what you guys did to baseball. Look at the salaries they're making. Look what you guys did to basketball. Look what you did to boxing. If you guys did that to filmmaking, we'd be out. I said, that's not true. We'd all be making more films. We may even be making better films. And the investors investors would make more money. The theaters would be full. He said, no, no, we're worried about our jobs, so therefore we're going to keep you guys out. And it's the long and the short of it. It's the long and the short of it. We're talking about economics. You know, there, you take an actor like, let's say, Sidney Poitier. This guy was a box office draw for so many years then all of a sudden blacks can't make it in film forget about it blacks don't make films that make money now richard Pryor, he is so in so much in demand he's booked up for the next five years everyone says ah that was lucky it was a phenomenon here comes eddie murphy <laughs> now he's booked up so the phenomena that we talk about in hollywood that's all in our heads that's to keep us 
holding on to what we've got so that you can't get in. Unfortunately, the blacks are visible. So when you say you can't get in and you speak about blacks, you can point to a color. The same thing applies to young white filmmakers. They don't let them in either, unless they're family or relative. They got to fight too. Women, they got to fight. It's Hollywood holding on to its established order so that no one else can get in and get a piece of that money. There is no difference between black exploitation and white exploitation. You see, it is he, quickly, there was a writer named John Killens. He told me a story one time about a young man and, a, and his father, a boy and his father. And the young boy said, Dad, every time I read a book about the man and the lion, the man always wins. But Dad, I always thought that the lion was the baddest, baddest cat in the jungle. And the, fa and the father said, son, when the lion learns to write, he'll win. If you looked at the genre of film that this came from, I was a fugitive from the chain gang, Little Caesar. They were just as violent as these films. But understand why these films are called violent or more violent. You take Little Caesar and you make it with a black cast, it becomes a violent film. It's because of what we bring to it sociologically. I saw a film the other day where um, Al Pacino, who I went to school with in the Bronx, New York, is cursing and there's a lot of blood and violence, but no one calls that a bloody black exploitation film. I saw other films, Deer Hunter. If you had a black cast in the Deer Hunter, it would have been called black exploitation. So you have to understand that we, the audience, and I'm saying we, and look at me, we, the white audience, we are bringing something to this film and when we look at it, these blacks fighting with guns, we say, this is dangerous and this is violent. Understanding that, you either forget it and proceed, or you take it for what it is. You can go ahead and make your film. An industry, let's talk about Hollywood. Hollywood may not be interested in new talents coming up. They say they are, but with every new talent, you got a potential new Redford that you got to deal with. New De Niro that you got to deal with. You don't be pushing them around. You don't push them around when they get to that level. So you don't really want them to come through. You got enough of them to deal with. How would you like to have five Burt Reynolds to deal with? Five Sidney Poitiers to deal with? Five Diana Rosses to deal with? Five Bobby Streisand to deal with? You got one, that's enough. So you don't really want those directors coming up and through, those actors coming up and through, and then you black ones too? How many Richard Pryce do you want to have to deal with? It's hard enough to deal with the one. But you got to deal with him because every time you deal with him, he makes you a lot of money. You got to deal with him. You have to deal with him because he is the essence of why you are at work. So you've got to deal with him. You don't want any more. Now, with a Robert Redford, you can sit across the table and look at him. He looks like you. So you can say, well, let's make a deal and let's talk. And I'll give you $10 million, $5 million to go make a movie. Stallone, okay. You don't like me, Stallone. I don't like you. I'll give you $10 million. But when that actor is black and you got to give him $5 million, not only does he like you, you don't like him, it hits you in the pit of your stomach because it's a big money business. And in order to keep people out, you simply put up barriers. The barriers for blacks are easy because you can see black because they are black. And with blacks, you don't have to be nice, polite. You can just kick them out the way. And who's going to complain? Who's going to say anything? Until the blacks start to do their own thing and make money at it so that it becomes part of the, 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 the social and economic and political system, whether we're talking film or any other business, nothing's going to happen.
No one gives any person in any society anything. They've got to take it. Every single person out there who has a family, a house, no one gave it to them. They had to go and work for it. The difference is, if they're being cut off by exclusion, if they're being discriminated against so that they cannot own their house, have their families, feed their families, then that's criminal. That's criminal. That's not part of any system, whether it's a, a democratic system, a socialist system. That's criminal. And uh, maybe we are dealing with a society run, formed, operated by criminals. I don't know. But it is criminal. And not only do I know and other blacks know, whites know it's criminal. So it's I know that he knows that I know it's criminal. And that's where we're at. Things will get better if those blacks not only persevere, but persevere in a conscious, methodical, and in some ways devious, and I don't want to say terroristic, but devious way. When I say devious, I mean you just can't go out there with a good script because you're a good black filmmaker. You've got to be able to then put some other things into play. You've got to call some godfathers that you know on the inside. You've got to take an entity that is an established entity, align yourself with it. You've got to then also come up with something that's so good and so valuable that the established order wants it. Excuse me. And once they want it, then you've got a hook. You can't, if you're a black filmmaker or any other minority, if you're a woman filmmaker, if you're an Indian, if you're Asian, you can't just go in there with a good property and expect it to get done. You have to come in there with what's considered the second element of your being. The first element is what you're going to do. Okay? First element, what you're going to do. Second element, how you're going to get it done. Minorities have that, and it's always present. Women have it. Women look at things in a men's world, in a man's world like this. I'm going to do this. Second, how am I going to get it done? Where white males is, I'm going to do this, and they do it. But minorities have another level of consciousness that is always present. Number one, what am I going to do? Number two, how am I going to get it done? I think it's going to happen because it's a, it's a economical necessity. How long can I keep someone starving away from food if the food is on the table and we're both in there? And he has the same opportunity to get arms, whatever, whatever that arms, whatever that means, whatever it, whether it's a physical gun, a bomb, my throat, his throat. How long can I keep him away from that table if, number one, he's hungry, number two, my market is shrinking? 